Old man noises. <clears throat> <clears throat> you were one once in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, do more. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a twice-weekly show about a show that might just be too beautiful to live. In Dallas, Texas, I'm your stone-cold sober host, Meredith All the Way Mayhan. And joining me today from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, is our very own Anne Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Also stone-cold sober. (laughs) (laughs) And since Mike made it very clear that two lady scientists can't be trusted to podcast without a male chaperone, (laughs) joining us all the way from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, it's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. Hello, no promises on sobriety. <laughs> oh boy, it's nine ten thirty in the morning there, huh? All right. Um, so, of course, today is your Monday recap of last week's TVTL. We're going to talk about some business, cover the week in review, take care of some housekeeping, and let you know how to get involved with the show. Um, so let's start out with our must-discuss. Um, first and foremost, you have to go listen to Friday's show if you haven't. We broke tradition and we allowed producer Jeremy to speak on a microphone in order to re- recap he and Christie's wedding reception week, which also found both Bobby and I and our respective spouses riding around the Pacific Northwest in gas-guzzling Jeeps, <laughs> and in some cases getting high. It was a really fun show. It wasn't exactly the dumpster fire you'd expect when you've got five people on microphones together. Um, so if you haven't listened to it, definitely go do that. It was so good. It was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and we also had a note from Christy. Um, we mentioned on the Friday show the Jesus drinking game from the toasts, uh, where we all took a sip every time Jeremy's parents referenced God in their wedding toast. Um, <laughs> credit for that idea. The hat tip goes back to Jessica for that drinking game, uh, yes. Jeremy's sister. So thank you, Jessica, for inspiring all of us to the point where Christy needed a refill. <laughs> During the speeches, yes. <laughs> That was so awesome. Um, In other news, we haven't really asked for straight-up donations, but they're kind of rolling in, um, and we want to thank you guys. Um, Colleen gave us an Amazon gift card, and Louise Bradbury Bradbury from Edmonton, Alberta, gave us a donation as well. And so thank you, ladies, very much. It's our first Canadian donor. Yes, and thank you for donating in American dollars. It makes our life a lot easier. (laughs) That's a lot in Canadian dollars, too. (laughs) It's a lot of butter tarts. Yep. Uh, and how's the jam tracker? Oh, let me click on over to the jam tracker. I feel like so, the jam tracker needs a sponsor. It yeah. sounds like the AccuWeather <laughs> forecast. <laughs> the Smuckers jam tracker. I love it. <laughs> so let's go for fiscal year 2017. Fiscal year 2017 is uh, July 1st through June 30th. That's how we're doing it because that's how the University of Minnesota does it so I can remember it. Kevin Farewell, if you're listening, we understand that that's not actually necessarily our fiscal year. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I'm thinking about it. So since July 1st, we have received donations that will get us out of 20 jams. Wow. Which is amazing, which works out to three and a third jam per person. 
uh, and that is including Jeremy. I thought I thought we would do LRB hosts, but then I thought no, Jeremy definitely needs to get in on a share of this jam money. So three I think that's third. fair because he's proven his ability to get into jams. <laughs> yes, and I may not use all of mine. Unless there's a, you know a butter shortage in the stick of butter studios, but um, so and mine are are up for grabs if anybody needs an extra one. But I think that that should hold us in jams for a, a couple of weeks, months. Well, you know, I'm heading to Texas soon, so I'm I, I'm ready for my jams. <laughs> We're gonna need some jam allotment yeah. for that trip, I think, Anne. <laughs> So that's wonderful. And thank you so much, everybody. Mm-hmm. I like this economy where we can swap jams like like carbon credits. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can allocate them where they're needed. I yeah. think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It should even out in the end. Sure. And I understand you have to talk about last week's recap. Yes. During last week's recap, uh, Mike challenged Sean's remembrance of the uh, 100 push-up challenge. And Sean was uh, talking about it in relation to his push-up contests with listener Nikki. And Mike said he thought that that wasn't correct. They were not connected. And I agreed. And Mike said, somebody go back and check that out. So, of course, I did. And uh, number one, Mike is correct. The 100 push-up challenge was much later than the Battle of Beast Lake. And two, Bobby, you were correct that somebody needs to submit that so that we can do an episode on it. <laughs> because yes, absolutely. it was great. So I'm going to give everybody a tip. Uh, that episode was March 31st of 2008, hour two. It's in the um, it's on the Infinite Guest site. In fact, it's right there on the top of the page for March 2008. So somebody submit it. And even if you think, ah, oh, somebody will probably already submit it, do it anyway and say how much you love Mike's prison stories. And you might be the one who gets picked to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And Anne's already done most of the work for you. So. I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next up in our news, Bobby's coming to Texas. So we're going to do a meetup in Dallas at the end of his trip, right? That's right. Uh, I will have been there for a week at that point. So if I'm not completely dehydrated and sunburned, <laughs> I will have a blast at, uh, at your home, Meredith. Yes, that's right. We're pretty much your, planning on it. All of your various animals. Yeah, you guys get to meet Eddie, you get to meet Molly, you get to meet Stephen, uh, and the other ones. Um, (laughs) And Duff is really excited about this, of course, because he loves to have parties and he loves to barbecue. So he's going to, he's got like a huge menu planned out. So you guys better bring your stretchy pants. The steaks have already been picked out for aging for this party, which is still two weeks away. (laughs) You got to do 30 day dry aged. That's the only way to to go. Well. So. It didn't come to Texas for nothing. That's right. That's what you do here. Uh, so our meetup is Friday, August 26th at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. I will put my address on the Facebook event, which is in the Dallas Tex-10's Facebook page. All right. Come on out, guys. Uh, please RSVP. Uh, oh, I can't believe I just said that. Please, <laughs> an RSVP is very redundant uh rsvp (laughs) on the uh event just so we know you're coming and so that when you show up we don't think you're just a weirdo i mean you can still be a weirdo but we want to know you're coming we also want to know how many stakes to get those things aren't cheap yeah exactly all right on to our weekend review 
Yeah, and I'll start it. We'll start with Monday, episode 2180, Chekhov's Motorcycle. Uh, and before we even get into the episode, I want to hit the ground running with the intro because the intro features the clip of Billy Bob Thornton going off on Gian Gomeshi when Gian tries to ask him about uh, his. Uh, acting career in an interview that was only supposed to be about his music. And my question is, I thought we had put a moratorium on liking Gian Gomeshi, and so I was surprised to hear him in the intro clip. Maybe it's just because it's an old one, or maybe it's because we've decided we can grandfather, like it's a fair use thing, we can still enjoy that little moment. Um, But I was surprised to hear it. Uh, And I say this as someone who, who, in my formative early high school years, loved Gian Gomeshi's band, Moxie Fruvis. So that's a shout out for Mike McCauley. He's the only other person I know who is aware of Moxie Fruvis. I know Moxie Fruvis. Oh, you know what it is? Because you grew up close enough to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone who, uh, well, and actually Meredith, maybe from your Detroit days, I don't know, but you had real music. Yeah, no, it doesn't ring a bell. That's okay. Yeah, like ICP, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, spaghetti. So. Right. uh, uh, Yeah, so I have a really complicated relationship with Gian Gomeshi. Uh, because on one hand, I love the goofy music of Canadian 90s greatness, but on the other hand, he's a douchebag. Yeah, I have very different feelings about that clip now, because I used to just think Billy Bob was being a total dick, and mm-hmm. now I'm kind of like, well, <laughs> who's yeah. worse here? Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I don't want to start the tone of the whole week with that. I was just surprised it was in there. Uh, Stubot uh, is guest hosting or guest co-hosting from the Granite City, uh, and Celia went for her senior pictures and this led to a whole conversation about the 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 business of being a senior between senior pictures and Justin's rings which Anne is apparently a local company it is a local company and i had no idea of that i did not get my senior high school ring i regret well i don't wear jewelry i actually even will occasionally go a day or two without wearing my wedding band i think we've discussed that before mm-hmm. i don't wear a watch um i don't wear any kind of chain or necklace or you know no No gaudy cross, even though I would love to flaunt my uh, distant Italian heritage. (laughs) But um, uh, I've thought about getting my college ring just because I think it would be a fun thing to have. But I can't imagine ever wearing it. I never got either, and I don't have any desire to. No, I don't think I formed enough of a bond with my school's. I mean, mostly by the time the end arrived, I was like, get me the hell out of here. Yes. Right. I don't <laughs> really need to look back with fond remembrance of the good old days because they weren't that great. Yeah. Uh, we were recently, uh, this actually led to a lot of people in our online chats posting their various senior pictures and similar era pictures. Mm-hmm. I went looking for my senior pictures and couldn't find them. I know they're around here somewhere, but I did find my yearbook and, um, yeah, I really have almost no fond memories from the Webster Schrader class of 2004. I switched high schools in 11th grade, so I finished 11th and 12th at a different school that I just really didn't like. So I have my middle school and early high school yearbooks, but I don't have any from the last two years, which includes my senior photo. And I did that totally because I was I kind of had to. I, I took one you know, set of pictures, one outfit, one pose, like, okay that's enough get me out of here Mm -hmm. so i don't think i even have any extra copies of that photo uh i've told people recently it took me 30 years to find a good haircut so even (laughs) though i don't know where my senior pictures are i know exactly what they look like i remember them very vividly i have sort of my bangs cut straight across 
and no beard, which is scary. I mean, I was 18, but still, uh, I look so much different without it. And there's one where I'm standing next to a little tree and I'm wearing like a big rugby, rugby stripe polo shirt and khakis. <laughs> and then there's one where I think I'm wearing all black and I'm standing on like a black background with splatters of paint on it or something and i'm looking wow. kind of moody <laughs> which was not my actual attitude but i took it because i saw the backdrop and i thought it would be funny and that's about it um and there's one where i have like my arms crossed um leaning on something like i just uh solved the case and the game is over <laughs> <laughs> you have to find these i will dig i will try uh i think sam has one of them somewhere um but uh, yeah, I, I went out a little bit, but and then I went to college and completely immediately forgot about them and moved on with my life. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sounds like you what you should do with high school, right? <laughs> um, and you could get the ring for your current employer. I guess I could if I wanted to. <laughs> Aren't they like several hundred dollars? I think I so. Don't know. Yeah, I think they are. I, I I remember them being ungodly expensive as a very poor high school senior yes yeah, th- that i would just never even consider buying one then no me neither <laughs> um onto the olympics we get a full roundup of stew since you know sports is in part of his wheelhouse including but not limited to hickeys from cupping um the abundant number of condoms in the athletes village which is always a fun conversation for the olympics and the fact that the men's basketball team is living on a cruise ship docked outside <laughs> <laughs> Of everything. Um, of course they are, because it's a team made up of uber-rich people. <laughs> right. Do you suppose that they um, they pitch into that, they pay for that out of their own pockets? Or, I don't know, who's the governing body there, the Olympic basketball program? Do, do they pay for that? Yeah, I have no idea. Have but no idea. something tells me if they had to pass the hat, it wouldn't be a big deal. No. <laughs> Uh, but this led to a real conversation that I wanted to get into about um, if you uh, had to play an Olympic sport tomorrow, if you were quantum leapt into uh, an Olympic athlete, uh, what sport would you want to fall into, assuming that your goal is to make the least amount of an ass of yourself as possible? <laughs> because I don't think anyone expects that you would automatically succeed at one of these sports. But um, Andrew talks about they, Andrew and Stu talk about curling, and later in the week they talk about other sports. I would like to pose this question to the three of us, but do you want to do this now, or do you want to do it on Tuesday when Phyllis answers? Oh, because they take a test on Tuesday. Right. A bullshit test. A bullshit test. <laughs> well, those are two different things. Did you guys take that test? I did. No, I did not. I did, too. Ah, I feel Let's left save out it. now. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and I see you have a note about cupping. Oh, yes. Uh, I wanted to bring up because we got into uh, a cupping thread on the Stens page and um, not that kind of cupping, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I wanted to mention another uh, podcast, which I'm certain that Meredith knows about. Uh, Andrew talks about the podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me, every once in a while that he really likes. And I know Meredith listens to it because I heard them read something that you submitted once. They oh, said, you did? Meredith in Dallas. And I was like, yes. they, no, they said Meredith Mahan. I was like, oh, yeah. I know her. <laughs> I mean, it was before I knew you, but yep. still. Yep. So do you listen to Sawbones at all? Of course I do. Yes. And I listened to the cupping episode last night. Yes. So the oldest brother in the My Brother and My Brother and Me 
trio does another podcast called, called Sawbones. His wife is a medical doctor, and they covered cupping on this last week's episode. And it was extremely informative and interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I won't say cupping is bullshit, but I will say that uh, there is no evidence in any reputable medical study that it actually has any medical effect. So, I'll take that bullet. It's bullshit. <laughs> so if people are interested about the weird hickeys that michael phelps had go listen to sawbones in the cupping episode it was great and it's a great Mm -hmm. podcast it is it is i will endorse i've not heard sawbones um but i'm very familiar with the work of uh the the brothers and i've heard my brother my brother and me several times uh and it is very good it's one of those things where it's a podcast i like and it will end up in my feed, and then it'll build up because I am too busy to get to it, and then I will have to get rid of it because it's too much. <laughs> yes. It's one for me that is must-listen, so it's first thing Monday sure. after, of course, I listen to LRB. Of course. Um, I listen to My Brother, My Brother, and Me. On to our top story for Monday, uh, Philly, please stop swimming in dumpsters. <laughs> <laughs> I love the tone of that press release <laughs> <Yeah>. so much. <laughs> That person was just done. Yep. I like that the guys, I don't know, maybe the guys were thinking like the smaller dumpsters, like the kind Sean Dettori keeps outside his apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, they mean like the truck size ones that you get dropped off at job sites. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because I like the idea they think that people are stealing these dumpsters as if you could possibly move them. (laughs) Uh, But still, uh, good advice. That's all I really have to say about that. That's good advice. Don't swim in dumpsters. No, so gross. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The other big news story, um, the creepy-ass Lucille Ball statue in Celeron, New York, not far south of Buffalo, uh, has been replaced with a new, significantly less creepy statue of Lucy. I wonder what they did with the old one. I thought it was the same one, but they just fixed it. Oh, really? Really? I thought it was a new one. I didn't, I'll admit, I didn't really read any of the articles. I just sort of went on the headlines. Yeah. Well, that's just my sense. I guess I don't have any actual knowledge that that's the way it went. Uh, I have to think that there's a place where old statues go to die when they've been rolled out. Like, there's a Joe Paterno statue that had to be taken down from Penn State because (laughs) he's a creeper. And somewhere there's just the Joe Pa statue and the old Lucy statue. (laughs) Yikes. They're all just, you know, there's a central location somewhere. It's like that mountain where they put all the nuclear waste. Right. (laughs) Just all these horrifying statues grimacing at each other for all of eternity. It's Mm. just statue hell. Mm -hmm. And with that, we'll go on to Andrew having lower standards for movies. I have not seen the new Star Wars um, because it looked pretty terrible. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. I'm sorry. um, They're not the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> my star understanding trek. is no they are not the same thing star trek i have not seen the new star trek i did see the new star wars last winter and it was spectacular one uh, of them has chris pine and that makes all the difference to me uh and please elaborate i just i just like chris pine that's all enjoy watching him what i'm a single lady <laughs> i i'm not judging <laughs> do you know which one it is though because i don't <laughs> Which one is a Chris Pine? No, which movie? Which is it? The Trek or the Wars? Oh, it's, <laughs> it has it's Chris Pine. It's Trek. It's Star Trek. <laughs> okay, it's a new Star Trek. Um, 
the the trailer just rolled out for the new Star Wars, which is in the I think I saw a tweet from Mike Pesca that says in the chronology of Star Wars, this will make it Star Wars three point seven five. Yes, this the new upcoming one is not part of the current trilogy. It's a one off prequel, sort of. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's a moneymaker is what it it's is. It's all getting so complicated. <laughs> I know. Uh, my standards for movies have not lowered, like Andrew's. Maybe I just need to age a few more years. But my problem is we'll sit around and want to go out to a movie, and I'll pull up everything that's currently showing, and I'll scroll through the whole list and just have no interest in seeing any mm-hmm. of them. And it's not yeah. that I'm a snob. I don't want to see – what does Andrew always describe it as? A black and white film of a clown cracking an egg and dust comes out. <laughs> and then it says fiend. <laughs> I don't want to see that either, but I just have zero interest in seeing any popular movies. We're going to see Sausage Party later today. <laughs> Speaking of Chris Pine. <laughs> yeah. You know what my takeaway from this movie talk was? That Andrew talks through movies. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I guess, okay if you're going to a shitty movie. No, it's not. <laughs> nope. Well, no. It's never okay. No one should do that in the theater. That's why I watch movies at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I don't go to movies with my mother anymore. Because she'll talk through the movie and then I'll say, Mom, shh, no talk. And then she once said to me, I can talk if I want to. Nobody cares, Anne. Oh, boy, no. that's not true. Everybody cares. Everybody cares. This is why I only go to the Alamo Draft House anymore, because you can kick people out for talking. <laughs> oh, I want to check that place. I've never been to that setup for a movie theater before. Oh, it's awesome. I'll there's th- one, I mean, there's-, there's one right by my place, but you'll be closer to several, too. Yeah, and also, I want to put a call out. This is just where I use Little Red Bandwagon to be my secretary. Um, in the year plus we've been doing the show, um, I have oftentimes not seen a movie that gets referenced and everyone tells me I have to see it almost as often <laughs> as it happens with TV shows. Uh, if anyone can remember a movie I was supposed to see but haven't seen, please send it to me because part of this week off that I'm taking, um, the internet situation's a little sketchy uh, in the condo in Texas, so I'm planning on pre-downloading some movies. That's um, smart. And I would like to... Um, I'm going to hotspot my phone too, but... Um, I'm going to have some some entertainment ready as a backup. And so I'm thinking about setting up some, some time to watch all the movies that everyone said I was supposed to watch. Um, so if you think of any, post them on the page or send them to us, and uh, I'll try to get them on the list. No promises that I'll actually watch them, but I'll try. <laughs> We're still in Monday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Song of the Summer update. I don't think we should do the bracket because by the time this airs, the next bracket will be coming out. All I want to mention about Song of the Summer is that uh, Stu does an excellent Top 40 FM radio voice. Yes, he it was does. so great. I want him to do promos for LRB. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, hit us up. Uh, on to Andrew trying to identify a song that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> see if I can. You were my once in a <laughs> lifetime. That was great. Uh, excellent. Well, Anne, you did it in the pre-roll, and it was even better, but (laughs) more on that later in the week. That's just the teaser. Um, Some voicemails. I'll voicemail in an email. First, a voicemail from a listener who cannot find a Heggie's pizza, uh, which is heartache. If you go to Heggie's website and ask where to find it, it's just an entire picture of your state, Anne. 
mm-hmm. like a like a cartoon outline, and then it says seriously call us if you're not sure. So <laughs> that listener, if you're listening to this, go to the Heggies website. There's a number you can call to ask where to find the closest Heggies. Uh, uh, we get an email saying if you want Canadian Olympic coverage, watch C Butt, which is funny because it's got the word butt in it. <laughs> I laughed at it. Yep. <laughs> and we wrap Monday uh, with Stu just reminding Aaron Mason uh, that Stu is better than Aaron Mason. <laughs> I loved that Stu was throwing shade at Mason for this whole episode yep. off and on. <laughs> oh, you guys, he also, they, we got a shout out on Monday's show. At one point, Andrew was like, oh, we're just giving LRB material yep. now at this we're point. Just, <laughs> I think, yeah. I believe throwing red meat at LRB was yes. the- <laughs> Uh, and with that, uh, Anne, please, for the love of God, take us to Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday is 2181 Mr. White America. And we say hello to Phyllis Fletcher. Hey, Phyllis. It's, it's such a joy to hear her voice on TBTL. Mm-hmm. And we get the episode title almost immediately when we find out that Mr. White America is outside mowing the lawn. <laughs> And that's a phrase from Phyllis's mom, which is just so perfectly descriptive of Mr. White America. Mm-hmm. And we find out in other host chat that Andrew is going to Costa Rica in February for his first international trip that is not Mexico or Canada. So I guess his first trip out of North America. Which, um, I don't know. It seems like anybody who's worked for public radio should have traveled a little bit more than he has, but he's such a homebody. But of course, they're going to um, take the safest route and stay in a nice resort. So they'll be getting out into the rest of the world, but not too much. Just enough. It'll basically just be like Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've never been to Costa Rica and I've never been to Mexico, so I can't say for sure, but... Uh, my instinct is that a resort in Costa Rica is probably not what it's probably a little bit warmer, <laughs> uh, right. but otherwise I can't imagine it's significantly different than a resort in Mexico. My only, hey, uh, right. My only trip to Mexico was across the border at Nogales for the afternoon, uh, being followed around by Mexican street vendors shouting, Buy something for your boyfriend, Senorita Supermodel. And I was so <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> wow. You didn't just want to bask in that for a little while? No, because I knew it was ridiculous. <laughs> if you're going to say it, at least make it be true. <laughs> All right. So they uh, they spend... Um, most of this episode off and on uh, visiting the idea of tomorrow's show and what they're going to do for a TBTL um, field trip. So um, they talk about man on the street interviews and Phyllis tells some interesting stories about her early experiences uh, doing man on the street or people on the street, I guess, if we're going to be politically correct. And somebody saying to her, I don't like your face or the way you talk. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) just terrible if that was me i would never go back i would be like and i'm done i'm done that's fine and uh andrew talks about when he had uh the radio job as a student and he was covering a klezmer music festival excuse me i believe you mean kelsmer (laughs) (laughs) and he embarrassed himself (laughs) 
<laughs> by pronouncing it Kelsmer when he was talking to people. Oh, that's so... That There's another one where I would pull the covers over my head and never, ever come out again because I'd be yeah, so mortified. That's an, that's an O, oh, oh, Andrew. That is sure. can I, classic O, oh, Andrew. Can I interject with, with a note about klezmer music? I don't know how familiar a lot of people are with klezmer music. I imagine some more than others. Um, it is deeply rooted in Jewish culture and heritage and oftentimes includes performers um, who are particularly conservative in the Jewish faith, including... Um, you know, cantors and the like. And the audiences are often also extremely conservative Jews. Um, and this is not to say it's a, a problem with, with Jews when you make this mistake to them, but you're talking about people who are kind of old fashioned and um, very particular in what they like. You know, the audience is their P1s for Klezmer. <laughs> <laughs> um, people aren't casually like, oh, let's go to a concert tonight. Oh, there's a Klezmer concert. That sounds fun. <laughs> right. People are going to a Klezmer concert, really want their Klezmer concert. And so you picked a group of people who are all super into what they're doing to mispronounce the thing they love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Yeah. Top story is Olympics talk again. And um, Phyllis has a little budding Olympian on her hands, as Gus does swimming, diving, gymnastics, and soccer. Uh, and they talk about his diving lessons, which sound really cute, and it made me wish that I had taken diving lessons when I was a kid. I'm a good swimmer, but um, diving would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Then they go to this Teen Vogue quiz, because we all know that Andrew likes his qu quizzes on point. Uh, to determine what type of Olympic sport that they should play. And my very favorite part of this was when they were doing the question about what they should wear. And Phyllis says, I'll pick a white pantsuit because it's dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the results were that uh, Andrew should be an archery and Phyllis should play badminton. And neither one of them seems to feel that that's an accurate choice. So they kind of decide that they should swap. Right. And I know, How Meredith, you and I both took this quiz as well. Yes. And I also got badminton. As did I. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, and I think it's kind of fun to watch a little bit. Not that we they had, show we it on NBC. It. Yeah, we played it in my backyard a lot when I was a kid, and I kind of enjoyed it. My high school girlfriend and I would go out in her backyard and play badminton for hours, such as suburban life. Uh, and this would be starting early in the morning once her father had mowed the lawn, because as I think of it, her father was Mr. White America. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not take this quiz because I didn't think to take it earlier in the week. And when I just tried to take it a few minutes ago, I'm pretty sure it froze our recording up. <laughs> so uh, oh, let's just assume I would have gotten badminton, too, because it sounds like yeah. this was pretty basic of a quiz. <laughs> the scientists I, I, over at Teen Vogue. Yes. <laughs> I think that badminton falls into that class of recreational sports in the Olympics that you feel like, yeah, I could do that. Mm -hmm. But it's the best one because, I mean, what are the other ones? Uh, table tennis. Yep. Um, okay, so I came up with two. Running. <laughs> shooting. That's running and shooting, yeah. Speed walking. Mm -hmm. Speed walking, which has a really high level of disqualifications. 
Does uh, it? It's, it's, I, I believe it is fairly easy to get screwed on speed walking. Everyone thinks they could do speed walking, but if you bend your knees too much, you're out. <laughs> Oh, because yeah. you're running. Right. It has that. It has that funny gait, and it's like they have a very specific, like heel to toe movement that I find fascinating. Right. Yeah, they look like they're having a stomach problem and they're walking really quickly to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, competitive shuffling. Mm-hmm. So all in all, yeah, I'm pretty uh, happy that I got badminton. Uh, so I want to interrupt here. Um, because I wanted to ask this on Monday, but we waited until now. If you had to be quantum leapt into a sport, what would it be? I would quantum leap into volleyball. Okay, you think you could hold your own at least enough to not completely look out of place a little I bit? I mean, oh, oh, I would embarrass myself plenty. But <laughs> Beach or that, indoor? Uh, mm, I hadn't considered that. They, I guess I was thinking beach because that's the one that they show all the time, but probably indoor right. would be better for me. More clothing. Beach is a million times harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't like running around in that sand. You have mm-hmm. a fair amount of team coverage. Now, Andrew, didn't Andrew answer basketball on this? Mm-hmm. Because he thought he would have the cover of a team or he could just ride the bench the whole time. <laughs> I imagine volleyball also has a bench for indoor because... You know, there's enough players there that there's probably some room for substitutions. I have not watched any indoor volleyball, so somebody tell me if I'm wrong or don't. That's okay too. Um, <laughs> they, no, they but do you have, probably bench have a players. minimal role on indoor. Okay, and they rotate, right? So like, you wouldn't have to do everything much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm tall, so it works. Yeah, and it's the one sport that I don't totally suck at. <laughs> uh, Meredith, do you have a, an Olympic sport you could quantum leap into? Well, not successfully, no, but I, I would like to do diving. That looks like so much fun. I'm sure I would just belly flop like that one guy did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, that. So, oh, that you know, if he so can be painful. in the Olympics, I can be the Olympics. <laughs> so I, volleyball is the one sport that I did play in middle school um, because I'm tall. I think it worked out. I was pretty good at it. So I could do that. But I think diving looks like a lot of fun. And I wouldn't really care if I made a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we are in that point. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the shooting sports, I would go to riflery, um, especially anything where you're shooting from the prone position, because then you're literally <laughs> just laying down and shooting a <laughs> rifle. <laughs> like, if you're bad, it's going to be embarrassing, but the action of being bad is going to look exactly like the action of being good at it, because you're not moving. Mm-hmm, you're you're holding your breath and shooting. <laughs> But you don't want to do the biathlon, right? Which no, is no, no, no. Skiing and then shooting because oh, there's cardio in that that really affects things. Yeah. No, yeah, no. None of the sports where I have to also be athletic. <laughs> just, just target shooting. <laughs> uh, actually, in fact, the air rifle one, I think you can do just prone in. So, sure, give me a BB gun. Uh, and that's not to diminish air rifle. It's not easy. Um, but I shot rifles for years, Boy Scout camp, etc. I think even though I'm a little rusty, I could probably do okay. Not world class. I would come in last, um, but I would hit the I would hit the target. <laughs> like I would hit the paper down there. Yeah, that's all you really want, right? Just hit the paper. All right. Slow television is a big thing in Norway, and lucky for us, it's now being added to Netflix, which I knew that we were all waiting for, and so. Uh, Andrew was fascinated by this. He puts on the seven-hour train show, 
and they have it running throughout the background of the segment. Um, he watched part of a four-hour knitting competition, which he thought was too fast. <laughs> this does not belong on slow TV. <laughs> and he very charm- charmingly calls it yarning, which made a lot of Crafty Tens very happy. <laughs> yep. And so they have a discussion about the point of slow television, and uh, Phyllis made a very good point, I thought, in that it's more about following the process instead of highlighting a particular moment or driving towards a climax of some sort. And they talk about how it would be a great thing to watch with a little kid, especially like the the train stuff. Mm -hmm. Did somebody mention... um these long YouTube videos of garbage trucks. Yes. Yes. And people throwing garbage. I had never heard of this until they mentioned it, but just last weekend, Sam and I were at a baseball game and we were in a suite, not to brag at a Pawtucket Red Sox game. (laughs) And, um, a friend of ours uh, brought her kids and the younger kid was clutching an iPhone. And this is what was on it is it was people throwing bags of garbage into the back of a garbage truck. And I thought maybe it was just a scene from something. And then I look over a few minutes later, and it's still more bags being thrown into this garbage <laughs> truck. <laughs> and it just keeps going. <laughs> and I had no idea what it was. But then, sure enough, they mentioned the same thing. Apparently, this is a thing. I still know nothing about it. Well, I'd I- never heard of this either. But I got to say, when I was a little kid, watching the garbage get crushed was like my favorite thing <laughs> in the world. Those stories show up every once in a while on the internet. Something goes viral about how much the the two-year-old idolizes the garbage men, and then they have Mm -hmm. an interaction, and everybody's really happy, and everybody says, oh, people are so wonderful. Yeah, our garbage men are usually smoking when they come by. (laughs) (laughs) And then half the time throw our garbage cans into the street when they're done. Ours pick through our trash, and if we haven't laid it out exactly perfectly, they leave it for the next time. Oh. What? I know. They're really, really specific. <laughs> the judgmental garbage collectors. They are. I feel very judged every time I go and get the cans back. Have any of you um, have any, any of you sat and watched How It's Made? It's no, this, it's been a while. It's this, it, yeah, it's this TV show where a narrator walks through the assembly process of like a product or something. And there's a lot of machining and automated cutting and like it, it, it changes a lot depending on what they're making in that episode, but it's like a 15 minute documentary and it's always got like a weird techno beat music underneath it. <laughs> um, it's the same kind of thing. And I could sit and watch that for hours. <laughs> so I'm just, yeah, a, that sounds kind of meditative. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I thought of with this is uh, a holiday tradition in our household that has expanded to anytime people are over for like an evening and I want to have a little background noise, I'll put on the burning log DVD. (laughs) You have a DVD? Well, I somewhere, but really what I use is there's a Netflix, there's a Netflix special of the burning log. Oh, and there's a couple of different versions of it. So if you want more popping, you can get the birch log. (laughs) (laughs) I've put that on when our fireplace was broken. Yeah. It's soothing. Mm hmm. God, who knew this was a whole industry? <laughs> wow. You should look into it. I guess I will. Next time you throw a classy party, put that on the TV. People will be impressed. It's kitschy. Uh, well, there's the first problem is the lack of any parties, classy or not. <laughs> oh, and. oh, what should we what should we watch at my house, guys? The train show or the yarning show? Oh, 
<laughs> We've got so much slow TV to choose from. We'll have to check it out. Okay. Moving into emails, uh, we are saved. Uh, Andrew's mystery song has been identified, and I I'm at, actually shocked that several people were I- able to identify this from the phrase he sang. But the first was Ashley on Facebook who identified this song as Peebo Bryson, If Ever You're In My Arms Again. And actually, Andrew was pretty close with uh, his brief rendition, and he's very proud of himself for getting so close. And um, then they go through a thing where they have to play one and then the other, and then the one and then the other, and then the one and then the other. Trying to hit the buttons at the same time with two with the same mouse. Yes, mostly because Phyllis is convinced that Andrew's uh, even singing it in the right key. And I have to say, I love you, Phyllis, but no, no. <laughs> the uh, the Peebo Bryson version was in C sharp, and I believe Andrew was singing in A. At least he was down a major third, but he was in harmony. So there we go. Yeah. That's perfectly acceptable. He was adding his own something to it. Um, Mm -hmm. All Andrew had to do was drop these two files in GarageBand and play them over each other. (laughs) He He was doing it on the fly. And uh, moving on. Yep, that takes Tuesday to Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday, 2182, Space Cadet Resting Face. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good title. Uh, the episode opens with Andrew in the car. He's picking up Phyllis at her house, um, and she has a cute house. And then he immediately just says, like, well, you're driving my car <laughs> now. <laughs> By the way, it has no clutch. <laughs> um, luckily, she can drive a stick. Um, they, they cover their um, recording strategy, what they're going to do once they get to the bowling alley, because that's what they've settled on. Um, how are they going to enter? Are they going to tell anyone they're recording? Are they going to wear the headphones or not? Big microphones tend to weird people out, I guess. So um, they kind of settle on just covertly walking in and starting to record themselves. Um, We get a lot of discussion about their pull tab plan, their outfit plan. (laughs) Phyllis is wearing a Wonder Woman shirt, jeans, and bowling socks, so she's really, really prepared, and so she's good. wearing she's wearing the Wonder Woman shirts for extra confidence, and I applaud that decision. Um, and Andrew says that most of the time when he's bowling, he's looking at people's asses. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't avoid it, but the question is whether you're looking in judgment or not, which I never am. I don't care. No, no, I don't either. But I guess they're kind of right there. I'm all about form. When it comes to mm. watching bowlers, I'm making sure that their, you know, their feet are the right width apart and their approach is correct. I never once thought of it as staring at someone's ass. Mm-mm. Me neither. Um, Meredith, were you getting flashbacks of this bowling alley? Yes. Because this is the same bowling alley that we went to for Holmes Gets Wise bowling night just a yes. couple of weeks ago. Yep. And uh, it was great. my guess is that it's just as crappy as it was for us. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. doesn't surprise me that it was busy in the middle of the no, day. No, not at all. <laughs> but really, how many high-class bowling alleys are there? That's true. I mean, alley is in the title. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, Phyllis reveals that she's a serious bingo fiend. 
This is something I didn't know about her. Apparently, she's like gotten herself into a couple jams <laughs> playing bingo. Um, so she's up for gambling with the pull tabs. Um, Andrew doesn't know how bowling's scored. There's no way for it to know. It, I I gotta say, this reminded me of high school. I went to a poor public school, and gym class was often walking down to the bowling alley and bowling uh, for an hour and a half. And our final exam was how do you score bowling? Oh, <laughs> it's really just that final frame that's well, tricky, isn't it? it? Well, sort of. I mean, if you get strikes, things start to add up. Yeah, right? it gets a little fuzzy. So, it does. It does. So I had to really memorize that at some point to ace my gym final exam. <laughs> <laughs> we also bowled. Um, I can't remember it being a much of a challenge. Sam and I went bowling a few weeks ago. I think I mentioned it on the show. There's a factory building in Pawtucket, an old factory building that's been turned into, you know, a pickle and mustache emporium or something. And the top floor <laughs> is a, is an old time um, candle pin or duck pin, actually bowling. So the ball is smaller and you hold it in your hand and you heave it a very new England thing. And the pins are these fat, short duck pins and they're hand set by pin setters. Um, the story is that this was built for the factory for breaks for the staff to have something to do. Um, so they call it break time bowling and it's a fun setup and it is a cool place, but the scoring, they just have a clipboard with sheets full of score sheets on each lane and you're just doing it. Um, and I remembered how, which was comforting, but it definitely took me a minute to be like, Oh, whoa, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. (laughs) Um, and they actually score slightly differently. There are three boxes. It looks a little bit different than 10-pin regular bowling. So Sam had to coach me through that part because it's just a New England variant. But um, it comes back quick. That's the comforting part. It's still easier than using those damn computers with the joystick. Yes, that's true. Um, Moving on, they're still in the car. It sounds like they have a pretty long drive. And uh, Andrew talks about their radio days when Andrew would sometimes interact with Phyllis and Phyllis says that Andrew always looked, always had his game face on, always was Sasha fiercing it up. Um, (laughs) And that led Phyllis to tell us about how she tends to have a space cadet face when she's concentrating (laughs) and a story about how when she was in some sort of training session, the, the, the teacher actually asked if she was tracking what he was saying because she looked so spaced out. <laughs> um, but we got her whole KUOW origin story, which was really interesting. And I'm impressed that she was able to do this while driving around Seattle in a car with no clutch. So way to go, Phyllis. I know they made some reference to i don't know a red light or something and i was like oh wait they're driving yeah yeah right. i kind of forgot too yeah it was pretty flawless um usually when the guys are driving that's all they're talking about <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> um i really enjoyed phyllis's origin story all i could think while she was telling it is it should be titled how phyllis got her groove back <laughs> <laughs> Alternate show title. Uh, going from being the Salieri of software. <laughs> to so the, good. So good. To the, uh, to the public radio magnet she is now. Mm-hmm. Um, they wind up eventually at Kenmore Lanes, and they start to bowl 
and neither of them are doing great. Uh, they tend to narrate each other's shots, and <laughs> nobody's doing super well. Um, but Andrew ends up kind of winning. And then they, they run into the guy next door. They talk about how the kid next to, on the lane next to them is kind of glaring at him, giving him the stink eye. And I think it's this kid's dad, right, who they end up talking That's to? That's what it I sounded so. like, yeah. Papa from Costa Rica since that's convenient since Andrew's going there and his advice to them is knock down more pins. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real, it's a real John Madden strategy right there. Yeah. The thanks player, a lot, Papa. The player who knocks down more pins wins at the end of the game. <laughs> strategy suck less. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I think all is redeemed because they move on to pull tabs and Phyllis wins $50. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Aiden. Yeah. That's amazing. Sorry, Aiden. Um, and then they have slushies. Andrew gets Dr. Pepper, and Fletch got Sucrets flavor. <laughs> 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 yeah. That rings a bell. I, it was actually called Siberian Chill, but I think I like her description better. Yeah. I just um, don't trust flavors where you can't identify what it is. I mean, I mean, apparently now we know Siberian chill tastes like sucrets, but how are you supposed to be able to gauge anything before you buy it? I don't have many positive associations with Siberia. <laughs> Andrew actually mentions this on Friday, too, how he used to not drink Gatorade that was named after flavors that like don't exist to their colors. Yeah, that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. or, or the other thing that bothers me is candle scents. At my second job, that we have a candle scent called gratitude. And I'm like... <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> That's not a scent. No. Yeah, I don't know what the smell of thankful relief is. But, uh, <laughs> I guess what's the opposite of flop sweat? I guess that's the smell of gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, and I should mention that, of course, Andrew's bowling name was Hard Rain. Yes. Right. Become ex- increasingly relevant. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um... They move on to emails. Uh, uh, Sarah, a listener who seems to know who Gus and Phyllis are, and she confirms that. It looks like Sarah's kid and Gus went, Gus's, Gus went to the same daycare. Um, and then there's an email from Jason talking about 3D glasses and how much they suck. And I tend to agree. They give me a headache. Yep. Me too. Not a big fan. And he um, wants to know if Andrew's embarrassed by wearing 3D glasses. And I'm like, but it's not like you wear them when you walk around. And it's not like you're the only one. Right. Everybody is wearing if you're in the theater and it's dark. It's not embarrassing. Right. That's one thing Andrew at least isn't embarrassed about, right? <laughs> one thing. Yeah. Um, Phyllis uh, tells us that Gus went to the Felix Hernandez perfect game with daycare. <laughs> <laughs> it was a day game. Yep. Lucky Gus. And then Andrew talks about being invited to see the Mariners, but he was recording after these messages, and it turned out to be a five-hour, 15-inning game, and he's kind of bummed that he didn't go. I wanted to chime in on this. Um, as on July 3rd, I was at a 16-inning minor league baseball game. Um, uh, it, it's nothing to be bummed about. Um, they stopped selling booze, generally speaking, uh, after the seventh-inning stretch. They mm-hmm. don't start selling booze again if the game keeps going because it can end pretty much at any moment, at least in the you know the bottom halves of the innings, it can end at any moment. Um, so what it ends up being is a painful, sobering process. The players are getting worse as your buzz is wearing off. 
It's not. It it wouldn't have been worth it to be there. <laughs> Even in a suite, it wouldn't have been worth it to be there. Yeah. That's all I got for Wednesday. <clears throat> all right, let's move on to Thursday, uh, twenty one eighty three. A boy named Sue Chef. <laughs> Which is extremely accurate. <laughs> and uh, the opening drop sequence is all food themed. And I wrote a note down that it was awesome. And Andrew just really does such good work on these opening drop montages. Yes, he does. Yeah. So Andrew and Genevieve are in her car, which we're confused as to whether it's a VW Passat or a Golf, or I should say Andrew is confused. <laughs> Genevieve has a pretty firm grasp on what kind of car she drives. And they're heading to Sean's house for the Cooking with Sean Picky Eaters edition. So they review the food restrictions that Andrew talked about with uh, Sean before, and we hear some additional ones from Genevieve. And of course, he's got the cheesy, creamy fish bananas. He adds, well, I agree with him on the bananas, by the way. That's gross. Uh, he adds eggplant and organ meats. Because <laughs> they were really worried that Sean was going to do organ meat. Organ meats, yes. That's a high probability of Sean mm-hmm. choosing that, although you never know. Her issues are with pork, beets, and summer squash. Uh, Andrew reveals that the other day he had some French onion soup that had melted cheese on the top that he thought was mozzarella, but that turned out to be Gruyere. So he excitedly adds it to his list of <laughs> melted cheeses that he I is love that comfortable half, eating. Half of his discussion was about his exceptions to these rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was also very excited that he ate some aioli the other day. Which is just fancy mayonnaise. Yep. Fancy mayonnaise, yes. So, I, I mean, I think we can all agree that these are mostly psychological dislikes, right? It seems less yes, about because the, if he if he doesn't know he's eating them, he can eat them. He's fine. Yeah, it's definitely less about the taste and more about the texture. Right, and I appreciate that. I'm on the same page with bananas, but um, you know, sometimes you just got to get over it. Yeah, I, bananas are the one things that I really actively try to avoid, and I have a few other things that I don't care for, but I'll eat them. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, right. like Genevieve can eat pork. She just doesn't want to. Clearly. <laughs> so proven. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so arriving at Sean's, we find out that the dish he's making is sausage with white beans and tarragon. And the recipe is from realsimple.com. Somebody posted it. It looks like a nice recipe. And at this point, he says, my favorite line of the whole entire week <laughs> It's Italian sausage, so it's not pork. <laughs> it's made of Italians. <laughs> and of course, pork can be made from any number of animals and meat parts, but the default really is pork. Unless Sa- sausage. You say, sausage uh, can be yes. made, yeah. Yes. Just because Thank I don't you. want anyone to sharpshoot. Somebody's halfway Thank through you. writing an email already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this made me think about Jurassic Park. And you know the part in Jurassic... Here I go. The part in Jurassic Park where they're talking about sequencing the dinosaur 
DNA, the dino DNA. And they talk about wherever they had gaps, they just put frog DNA in there. And mm-hmm. I feel like Sean has all this data, but every once in a while, he just substitutes some frog DNA <laughs> in there. And then what he gets is this just really interesting thought process that makes me love him so much. And then, you know, the dinosaurs escape and they eat us all and my metaphor breaks down. (laughs) (laughs) But he has... He he just seems to have something else going on in his brain that allows him to make these leaps that make him unescapably Sean. And I appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so then I was mildly horrified when he talked about um, pouring grease down the kitchen sink drain. Oh, me too. I mean, that's that's bad, yes. right? That can yeah. cause all yeah, kinds of and problems. I can see not caring about it as a renter. But now that I'm a home- homeowner, I absolutely never, ever, ever do that because I'm going to have to pay to fix that drain. Yep. Right. And I guess it's marginally better to pour hot grease in the dumpster. I I mean, I don't know exactly what the problems that would arise. It seems like there would be a splatter um, problem. Or a fire problem. Well, there is that. Uh, In lieu of a jar, um, I have on occasion let it cool a little bit and then uh, poured it out onto like old paper bags or newspaper or paper towels into the garbage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you have to let it cool um obviously jar is the best choice or just let it completely harden and cool and then just wipe it out right yeah that's normally what i do i use a can like an old can sure um then i can just throw it away if i really don't feel like dealing with it i usually will try to empty it out and recycle the can but it's an option to just toss it then if you don't feel like it (laughs) right uh, yeah, that it, that concerns me just a little bit that yeah. he he is either pouring hot grease down the sink or hot grease into the dumpster. But at least the dumpster is conveniently located. Yes, outside his door, <laughs> which is where you want your dumpster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they they go on, and of course, Sean cooks the recipe for us uh, during the episode, and they talk about. Um, how fancy they feel, how excited they feel when they understand these cool cooking terms and instructions. Uh, and that's after they've puzzled uh, about what cutting on the bias means. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> was that Sean that said cutting on the dais or was that Andrew? I think it was Andrew. I think, I think so. <laughs> was, yeah. That's and a different thing. So they have what turns out to be a delicious dinner, and they enjoy it, and Veeves is not bothered enough by the pork to not eat it, and uh, it's really good, is the verdict. Sounds really good. Yeah, sounds um, not terribly challenging and good. Mm-hmm. So dinner time conversation uh, is marriage talk, and... Um, how people continually expect them to uh, change their minds about getting married. And this arises when Sean kind of makes a joke about that very thing. When you two kids going to get hitched and uh, talks about how much he hates that when people do it to him. And I, 
I don't know. Obviously, I'm not married, but I don't understand why people are so invested in other people getting married. Social norms? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I try not to ask people that. Um, I think, you know, Meredith and I both being married probably can't answer that as effectively as we can answer the when are you going to have kids question, <laughs> which follows in the exact not not being Meredith, but each of us with our 11s um, would be Bobby. When are we going to have kids? I'm working. <laughs> I'm coming down there in two weeks. Um, All right. You know, uh, same kind of thing. Like, it's just this social norm where uh, people just people just assume that you are going to have kids until you decide that you're not. And Sam and I were just talking about this yesterday on the drive back from a three year old's birthday party. Um, why isn't it the other way around? Like the default state is you don't have children. So why mm, isn't that's it? That's a good point. Why isn't it the active choice to have children versus the active choice to not have children? Now you're in for it. The, is everything okay? The police apparently agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people really do change their minds or they never want kids and then oops, they had one and they're cool with it. Right. So I hear a lot of people say, I never wanted kids, but... It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I'm not... I I did just say that pretty mockingly, but I don't actually mean to mock that. If that makes you happy, that's great. But yeah. uh, people just... I don't know. We're still hung up on these very um, classic uh, family dynamic things about marriage and kids. Uh, yeah. Sorry, people. Uh, Sam gets it more than I do still with the kids' talk. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, you know, we've talked about. Uh, I have a. I have a. I finally scheduled a physical for the first time in like four years, and it's in December because that's wow. how far out doctors schedule physicals. Um, and I just told her like I should have the vasectomy conversation in December with the doctor because um, that would. Put our foot down on where we stand mm-hmm. on that with everyone who asks. <laughs> mm. like, yeah, it also brings up kind of a good point about this question, which is why are you asking me so much about my genitals? Like, do you want me to tell you? Like, I'll tell you all about the vasectomy. I'll tell you about getting my tubes tied. Like, if you really want to hear. Right. <laughs> and that tends to shut people up if you start talking about, you know, uh, rubber meets the road fertility. Right. Now we just need to find the marriage equivalent of that and we'll be all set. Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. Uh, The other interesting conversation that they have during dinner is uh, about Andrew's encounter at the grocery store on the way to Sean's house. They stopped to pick up some Chateau Saint-Michel. And Andrew, um, I don't know that we would call it an encounter necessarily, but there was a guy who was uh, staring in the booze aisle, uh, and Andrew realized that he was... Uh, in some stage of attempting to steal a big bottle, a big bottle, he said, of Jack Daniels. And so he went and notified uh, a clerk who then did whatever they did and and took care of it. And he feels like this was sort of an ethical dilemma, like he feels guilty for having narked on this guy who is possibly down on his luck. And Um, What I want to say about this is that they constructed a whole fantasy of this person and his motivations for doing this. It's all of, he was a bit disheveled, so, you know, he must have been on very hard times and he's probably an alcoholic. And so he stole this to feed his addiction. I feel bad because he's in a tough way. And I thought, you don't know that. You don't know any of this. 
And so you've constructed a, a fantasy scenario where you feel guilty about um, blocking this guy's attempts to do something illegal. And it's nothing that's going to hurt anybody else or have huge consequences, but still illegal. So I guess I'm sort of black and white enough that I don't think that this was an ethical dilemma at all. I don't either. There's no downside to turning this guy in. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. Uh, based on the way they were talking about him, it sounded like a cartoon caricature. Like this guy just hopped off a boxcar that rolled into town <laughs> and he's got his bindle and he's yep. staring at the liquor and his eyes are bulging out of his head <laughs> and his tongue is hanging out of his mouth slobbering and he's he's got a thought bubble coming up over his head and there's a fork and a knife and a giant bottle of Jack Daniels in the middle. <laughs> Like, uh, who cares what the guy's backstory is? Like, I feel bad for the guy. Hopefully, uh, I, I feel bad for the guy for whatever motivation drives him to steal a giant bottle of JD. So, right. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, the cops come, they sober him up, he gets sentenced to counseling. Like, like hope. Yeah. You know, I know that's not how the world really works. I know it's a terrible situation in general with with this kind of stuff. So. That's not the way it's probably going to happen, but I hope that's the way it's going to happen. And, you know, we need to support the infrastructure that makes that possible, not think maybe we should let this guy steal a bottle of Jack Daniels. That doesn't fix anything. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I was on the same page. I was like, there's no dilemma here. <laughs> like, <laughs> you you cut someone shoplifting. That raises the prices of all the food at the QFC. It makes the employees, you know, it hurts the employees. It hurts the store. He was breaking the law. There's no question there. And I think Sean tried to make him feel a little guilty. He's like, that guy was going to take that bottle and have the best night of his life. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) That guy was stealing a loaf of whiskey to feed his family. (laughs) He's the Jean Valjean of the QFC. (laughs) Yep. So they talked about this in context of forming relationships with store employees and sort of uh, noodle around the idea that the reason that uh, Andrew was... Um, interested to to tell people about this because this is a QFC that they go to frequently. They know the people. They formed relationships with the people. Um, maybe so. Maybe not. But um, I there was a little thing that happened in here that kind of pushed my buttons a little bit. It was the first time I've ever been a little bit uh, miffed at Vives for something that she said. They were talking about how. Um, sometimes how the store employees can be just as off kilter as the patrons a little bit. And Vive said, quote, it's not your master's degree holders who are working there, unquote. And as somebody who has a master's degree and who worked full time in retail for almost six years, I was like, hmm. And she may be correct. I would say in general, most people who... Uh, work in retail, probably don't have master's degrees, but you never know exactly what people's backgrounds is. And so it put me in mind of this story. So 
on a on a Saturday that was had been really trying. We'd had some difficult customers. I was so exhausted, and I stopped at the video store on the way home. Yes, this was back in the days of video stores. <laughs> and I was in line with my movie, and there were two clerks working, and they were having problems, both of them. Like, there was one person who was trying to bully one of the clerks into doing something she wasn't supposed to do, and the other one was having a very involved... Um, discussion with the customer. So the line was kind of long, and I don't care. I was just standing there and waiting. And I tuned into the conversation of the two guys behind me. And one of them says, see, this is what I was talking about before. And everybody has to have a job, even high school dropouts. And you know what? They all work in customer service. (gasps) And um, I did something that I've never done before and never done since. I felt something break in my brain. And I turned around and I said to him, I'm sorry, but I have a master's degree and I work in customer service. And the guy goes, uh, well, but, um, uh, n- n- I mean, not everybody. And I said, yeah, that's right. Just most of us are idiots. And I turned around wow. and there was dead silence all the way down the back of the line. And then I was like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? What did I just do? I just totally made this guy feel terrible. And I almost turned around and said, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But then I thought, nope, I'm just going to let that lie. So that's just my caution to everybody that you don't know what people's situations are. So maybe that clerk does have a master's degree. I'm glad you did that. And then did you have to stand there for 15 minutes awkwardly with those people right behind you? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's what keeps me from doing things like that. I had absolutely no idea why why I did that. But did you say anything about the vagabond shoving DVDs down his pants? (laughs) I did not. He can do whatever he wants. (laughs) I forget if this came up on the show. There's been updated talk, regular talk about high school bud on Twitter. Um, I also follow a very similarly toned account uh, called The Last Blockbuster. Oh, I've heard of that. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. <laughs> Just speaking of video stores, I give them a plug. Um, if if my Twitter would load, I can. Uh, yeah, at Lone Blockbuster. Uh, their last tweet: "There's a time and a place for heavy petting right now, and our checkout line are not either of them." <laughs> <laughs> Now, is that store still actually open, or is it just the Twitter account at this point? Is there really uh, I, one Blockbuster left? <laughs> I believe I believe this is just a parody account, but, you know, who, right. who am I to uh, uh, judge? I was in a store, a grocery store somewhere recently, where they had a box of, like, paper DVD sleeves, and they were from a Blockbuster, and they were being sold. It was like a weird knockoff grocery store. And I took a picture of it and I tweeted at these guys and I was like, you still have competition. <laughs> <laughs> Being undercut by this. Um, and they kindly, I think, uh, liked it for me. Uh, using a fake Blockbuster card is not only illegal, it's immoral. <laughs> uh, sometimes we'll get excited when cars pull into our lot, but then it turns out they're just divorced parents passing along their children. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's good. All right. Good account so at Lone Blockbuster. Does anybody have anything else for Thursday? Nope. Oh, yeah. uh, let's go on to Friday. 
2184, more of a drizzle, uh, which is a reference to Andrew's questionable bowling nickname. Uh, Aaron Roden <laughs> uh, of Air Raid podcast, air-rate.net, uh, is on the show co-hosting. This is recorded on Thursday night. Andrew is slappy and Aaron is woke. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, and I boy. can tell they're slappy because Aaron references the Sailing Away song uh, for background bed for his big news, which leads them to a Christopher Cross song, but not the obvious <laughs> choice he was trying to sing, which is Come Sail Away by Styx and not Rush. <laughs> Styx. <Right. laughs> Um, I love it when uh, Andrew kept saying, yeah, you'll know this. You'll know sailing. You'll know it. And Aaron's like, nope, nope, nope. And like one nope. minute and 30 second intro later, he's like, oh. Right. <laughs> and nobody would sing it. Like if they had just sung a bar, it would have been clear. But everyone was too nervous or self-conscious to sing us sing a line. Right. And obviously that's not Andrew's style. He'll sing anything on the show. <laughs> um, before we move ahead, I want to stop on a note that that you guys, uh, Aaron and Theo, best buddies. Yeah. Yeah, and Andrew seemed to dispute it. Yeah. Aaron's like, yeah, he, he wanted to come hang out with me. And Andrew's like, no, he was sleeping. <laughs> I think, well, from every, everything we've heard about, Theo makes you think that he would instantly attack when right, somebody so, comes in. So this is a different story. Even if he was sleeping, that's an improvement, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Are you guys Air Raid listeners? Mm-mm. I I think I've checked in a couple of times, but I'm just not really into music podcasts. Right. And that's where I land, too. I really like Aaron's style, and I love it when he mm-hmm. appears on the other sort of Seattle shows. There's, a, you know, the whole family of them. Um, his show I've gotten into intermittently, but I don't know him very well because I don't stay with it. And I, yeah, the music shows just don't interest me as much. Uh, but his style is really great. I appreciate him. And it doesn't surprise me at all that he would be a cat whisperer and just be able mm-hmm. to win Theo's trust like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mentioning that crew, um, Aaron went to Vegas with Luke and Carrie for DJ Tuna's 40th birthday and a bunch of other friends. And they took a rare trip to the hotel pool, uh, which they usually avoid for vanity reasons. But it was so damn hot, which led to a conversation about peeing in the pool. <laughs> And my favorite quote of the day when Aaron said, think about how much pee's in a pool. And Andrew said, no. <laughs> uh, and the great myth of the pee chemical. Um, if you pee in the pool, it's going to turn purple and everyone's going to know it was you. And someone knows someone who saw this happen. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Andrew still thinks this might be a thing. <laughs> I remember being told that too and it was a good deterrent because i was oh, like yeah. well, i don't want anybody to know i'm peeing in the pool right um the recollection of this south park episode i've actually seen a lot of south park i had seen some when i came into my current relationship but sam is a big south park fan and i have since seen all of them um i don't know if either of you have seen this but it's actually a water park a whole water park <laughs> that hits that hits a, a super saturation of pee in its water and just explodes <laughs> I haven't seen that one. It's uh. pretty great. Uh, Aaron's big news is that the and he's, uh, first, you've heard it first on TBTL, uh, Air Raid podcast is uh, going to be going away. Um, Aaron's got some family health issues. Um, I've heard more than what he said on TBTL, but I won't get into it more than that. That's what he chose to say on TBTL. But um, 
family issues, health issues, and the fact that he's booking these guests every week so significantly harder than TBTL mm-hmm. <laughs> or our show to produce. Um, and and it's just it's consuming him. And I liked that he mentioned, well, you know, if this was my full time job, right? <laughs> like Luke and Andrew, uh, he could keep it up, but it's just too much. He did mention. Uh, that he is going to be working on a movie podcast. And one of my favorite moments of the week was Andrew suggesting that he just slowly creep the mission of air raid to a movie (laughs) podcast. And that one day DJ would just wake up and be like, what am I listening to? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's for you, DJ Uh, top story from Friday. Uh, is that Andrew's been misquoting the movie Taxi Driver for years. <laughs> I'm so surprised he didn't get sharp shadow. on Me that. too. No kidding. I guess we just don't have any hardcore Taxi Driver fans in, our, yeah. in the TBTL 10s. Um, he has always called himself Hard Rain because a hard rain is going to come and wash the scum away. Uh, but that's actually a real rain. And he's simply confusing it with the movie Hard Rain. Uh, Starring Christian Slater, it's probably just as good as Taxi Driver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's no Chris Pine, but it's something. (laughs) (laughs) A real woke rain is going to come down and. It's got Randy Quaid in it. I want to go watch that. I've never seen it. I'll put. (laughs) I'm not putting it on my list. Oh, yeah. Do it. (laughs) Uh, But this gets them. They they play the trailer for Hard Rain. And I see a note uh, for Don LaFontaine, who is the voice. Yes, Don LaFontaine, the in-a-world guy <laughs> who who is dead. He passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's too bad. Yes, it is. And now everyone's just doing their best impression of Don LaFontaine. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pepsi Clear, I don't remember trying it, but I do love Fresca. Thoughts? Yes. It's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> All right. Crystal Pepsi is disgusting. Fresca is great. Right. Ah, yeah, Fresca is the best. Um Roden, uh, dispar- discouraged from buying a 40-something dollar bottle of spray sunscreen from the gift <laughs> shop at the hotel. Holy Because cow. it was organic, which just really <laughs> burned my butt. <laughs> well, and break. they set that up to be like, you'll never believe how expensive it was. And then when they said $48 or whatever, I was like, oh my god. Like, even though I knew it was going to be outrageous, that was even more. I paid mm-hmm. $10 for a bottle of spray sunscreen from the shack at the beach a few weeks ago, and I was mad. Because <laughs> I know I could get it for six ninety nine at CVS. Yeah, they do this so the $28 bottle of non-organic doesn't seem that bad. (laughs) Somebody's job is to just dust the $48 bottle. (laughs) Uh, Obama's Spotify playlist, a story that Andrew just doesn't feel like talking about. And then they go on to talk about it. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point and an interesting conversation to have about how vetted that playlist must be. Because on one hand, Obama's a cool cat and has probably pretty decent music taste. We've learned that through the years because mm-hmm. even back from the campaign days, it was like, what's on your iPod and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, like how do you, how do you appeal to a core base of Democrats and how do you make sure you don't offend anyone? Um, that's a really hard line to walk with music. People mm-hmm. are very and, personal about their music. And how mm-hmm. do you make sure that you get um, songs that don't have secretly homophobic lyrics in them? Or not so secretly. Well, yeah. Whichever. <laughs> so that's that. I haven't listened to the playlist yet. I should queue it up at some time because I enjoyed last year's. Um, his, his nighttime one is great. 
Is it as sexy yeah. as people say it is? Yes, it is. Nice. All right. He didn't try to... It doesn't seem like he tried to appeal to anyone in that one. Good. Uh, that's probably the playlist he puts on when he goes out onto the dais and starts smoking some <laughs> cigarettes, even though he's quit. Yeah. Uh, Aaron mentions his... Um, uh, relationship with Dungeons and Dragons, which has come up a few times recently on the show, which I'm only mentioning so we can get his Dungeons and Dragons name out there. Healthy McHelperson. That's pretty great. <laughs> I also love that Andrew was talking about he and Veeves want to maybe get into D&D, but they're nervous. It's like they're swinging. Yeah. And so they need to find a safe place to be introduced to D&D. Um, this is not uh, meant to uh, specifically offend Dungeons and Dragons fans. Um, but I have said this before. Anytime you put uh, that many sort of non-cool people in one place who are passionate about one thing, it's going to become an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> Just default. Comic-Con. <laughs> so they can kill two birds with one stone. Right, exactly. Work conventions. You always hear about, you know, um, and not not for everyone, but like weird hookups and, mm-hmm. you know, because you're talking about people who suddenly know a lot about one another already because they share a passion. Um, mm-hmm. And that eliminates a lot of inhibition. Then throw on and they're traveling and they're away from there. Right. Then throw on the amount of booze that usually comes into play for any of these things. Mm-hmm. And you have a TPTL picnic. Oh, my God. <laughs> More on that in a minute. First, uh <laughs> We get a voicemail about a dream, but Aaron Roden interrupts because he's mad because a dream he had a year ago never made it onto the show despite texting it to Andrew. Aaron dreamed... I'm just going to explain it the way he explained it. Aaron dreamed that he was with Andrew. Aaron farted a football, not like a physical football, but like a football made of farts, and threw it to be caught by comedian and friend Ron Funches. (laughs) There's no, That's I don't have any way to um, recap that. It just is what it is. It's remarkably specific is mm-hmm. what it is. And uh, I'm impressed. But Andrew takes him to Dream Court, but I don't remember what the outcome was. I think he just wanted to play the Dream Court. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we get the voicemail dream, uh, which is a listener whose name I suddenly can't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, went dream bowling with Andrew and Phyllis. And the prize was to pick which, was it low-carb drink from a vending machine Luke would drink? Yep. (laughs) Someone's been listening to too much TVTL. No, there's no such thing. Um, I will say this reminded me, though, uh, Kenmore Lanes, uh, we forgot to use the the blower test in the bar before we left. They had a, they had like a $1 vending machine that was your blood alcohol test. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) And I meant to try Shoot. that. Well, we Ubered. Otherwise, I probably would have. Right. <laughs> I'm sure it's highly accurate. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's from the same scientists who work at Teen Vogue. And do you really want to put your mouth on I that? I think you get a disposable Ooh. straw. Like, I think it dispenses a straw, and then you shove it on there or something. Mm. But still, no. <laughs> Music for your weekend. Aaron brings a Seattle band named Sloucher with their song Waiting to Start. Andrew brings a Missy Elliott song, Joy, and um, Ivan, listener Ivan, uh, closes the show with Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin's Step Brother City. 
That's your music for your weekend. And with that, Meredith, some housekeeping. All right. So as we mentioned earlier in the show, we have a couple ways you can help us get out of some jams. If you want to, we're not pressing you, but you can go to our website and click on the shop button to buy stickers and there's an option to donate. So you can just donate money if you want. You could also buy stickers, which are awesome. We have a little red bandwagon sticker and a 10 sticker. Um, you can also shop on Amazon. Uh, the things that you buy kick us back a couple pennies. So if you use our link, which is littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, then it's automatic and it doesn't cost you anything. So you can help us out of some jams that way. Um, Christy still wants the archive to be current by September 1st. We've all kind of let go of that dream, but there's no harm in trying. So archive, contact us to archive. Um, the Chateau Saint-Michel picnic is August 31st. You should go RSVP on the Facebook event that TR made. Um, and then we've got a Dallas meetup at my house, August 26th. See that event in the Dallas Tech 10's Facebook page. And please, please, please RSVP. So much going on. I know. And if you'd like to get involved with the show, you can visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com for the aforementioned sticker purchases and uh, Amazon portal link. Um, you can visit our Facebook page. You can check us out on Twitter at LRB Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voicemail. Little Red Bandwagon is a place to be. Call and talk to Meredith or Christy, Bobby, Jeremy, Ann or Mike. They won't make you take a hike. 802-432-TBTL. 802-432-8285. And I don't know if Nerd Out Loud is still on wedding hiatus or not. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, what I can tell you is that right now, as we record this on Sunday morning, um, Christy is on the tail end of a bridesmaids bachelorette weekend for another wedding that she's in. <laughs> and it sounds like several episodes worth of Nerd Out Loud content. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here's hoping that she comes back around to talk about that at some point, because um, uh, shit show. It's the best way to describe what she's been telling us by channel. Yes, indeed. Um, And with that, I'll get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. I don't know that the freezing up was related to this, but I'm trying to launch that Teen Vogue quiz. Oh, (laughs) it might be. And it will not load.
You were my once in a lifetime. 